You can worry if you want to. You can cry if you are scared. You can direct all your energy at being more prepared for a journey that had started so very long ago. Or you can focus on the learning and let your spirit grow. You can focus on the learning and let your spirit grow. Welcome. And as best you can, experience welcome. What good is the concept welcome without the experience? Welcome to love is the power. This podcast is rooted in a self-inquiry method known as the work of Byron Katie, and Tom is a certified facilitator of the work. You'll be hearing a dyad, triad, group, or guided meditation today. As you follow along, you're encouraged to do the best you can to experience for yourself what's being shared. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. Ask it again, Tori. Okay, so my question is, how should we communicate to children, or how do you recommend communicating to children so that they... So I guess what is being communicated is aligned with reality. So for example, should I give the example again that you shared? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you shared with us that... Um, kids will learn very early on that, you know, what their parents say is often not true. Um, For example, they'll be at the dinner table and mom or dad might say, you can't get up until you're finished with your food. But they realize that they can physically get up even though they're not (laughs) finished. So my question was, how would you recommend that folks communicate that to their children? Is it like, I would like you to finish all your food before you get up? Or is there another better way? that I would recommend, uh, well, I don't, for me, I don't think it's helpful to tell them you can't when they can. (laughs) And, um, but also as a parent, you know, it's, you're, you're free to make whatever rules you think are helpful. And, and, Usually because parents are not unwilling to enforce the rules, um, they'll say things like, you can't get up until you finish. And, and so they'll, we'll usually as parents, we'll 
tried to teach him about right and wrong and that you can get in trouble and you know it's wrong to not finish everything it's right to finish everything just you know a lot of nonsense like that it causes a lot of grief for whoever learns the religion of right and wrong and you can get in trouble for the rest of their life but you can you know if if as a parent that's important to you that they finish everything then it's like well in this house the rule is that um, you finish everything that you put on your plate and then and then you have you need to have some kind of consequence and if you don't you know you don't get dessert or you don't get dinner <laughs> you know tomorrow you don't get dinner if you don't uh, and then and then to follow through on it uh, instead of you can't it's like you know you're free to get up it's and here's here's the deal in this house you get up without finishing then the consequence is this and, you know versus trying to teach the child that they're bad or there's something wrong with them or um, you know basically teaching them to be afraid of, the, of themselves and afraid of freedom which just about all of us are afraid of freedom but you know, to me the, the better approach as a parent would be to uh, find ways to communicate in it and, 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 and the freedom that the child has um, and, and then you can introduce consequences but consequences that don't carry condemnation with them but you know so many adults including myself because of our conditioning uh, we start to experience the natural consequences of living uh, as a punishment uh, as a form like life is punishing me god is punishing me or people are punishing me when, when you know we don't get the results that we're wanting or looking for so but right away because of our conditioning i'll go to oh i've done something wrong and life is denying me what i want as a as a punishment versus as as some learning or some kind of growth in consciousness opportunity so i don't know i mean the best thing for the kids is for the parents to undo all their conditioning so that they're actually a loving presence <laughs> And I mean, most parents are at their root or core a loving presence, but uh, to undo some of their confusion so they, 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 they're not giving mixed messages to the children and, and not implying condemnation or outright condemning, doing the whole reward, condemning everything's about right and wrong. You know, little Johnny, you have to share. And then shaming Johnny into sharing when, you know, at one or two years old, 
you know, little, probably as far as developmentally goes, it, Johnny's not ready to learn about sharing. <laughs> you know, but to teach someone to share from through the threat of violence, which is basically how we all get conditioned, um, you know, just creates creates fear of ourself um, and makes it so we makes it so we can't form our own values of uh, we can't form values that are that have come out and out of our own experience we start to form values that that uh, come from the fear of the, the threat of punishment um, and so uh, so now I adopt the value of kindness or sharing as an example. But I adopt, I adopt it because I'm afraid of being punished for not sharing, not because I discovered within myself why I like sharing or how I'm supported by sharing or, um, you know, which leads to so many confusions and Um, fear of selfishness, fear of, you know, but if you form your own values around sharing, then when you share, it's going to be an act of selfishness. It's going to be an act of like, I, I found why this is good for me to share. Not, not because it's a sacrifice to sacrifice my own wants or needs you know, for the good of the whole. <laughs> which makes me think of the pandemic that <laughs> will submit to fear and control and then in the name of good for the whole. And that's been our conditioning our whole life. A bunch of idiots voting for more and more control. So it's my little political plug. Just remember people, fear and control go together. Love and freedom go together. <laughs> So, and then a great book to read is uh, the Summerhill book. Um, yeah, if you want to get in touch with your fear of freedom, but um, but I, I, you can see at least theoretically, you can see. Oh, if there's if I'm doing something from the threat of punishment, the belief in right and wrong. This is right to share. It's wrong not to share, and you'll get you can get in trouble. And so then, so then I we adopt all these wonderful values to live. You know, values that if everyone lived would make for a wonderful experience uh, as a culture or society. But but it's being done f f with the threat of violence behind it, and so. So nobody has a inner, it isn't coming from their own inner goodness that they are. In fact, when we share and it comes from this training, from this threat of being punished or kicked out of love, to me that's the main threat is being kicked out of love, then, um, then it's not genuine. And there's always an element of sacrifice and resentment 
that builds with it. And so then we're, that's where you have people blow up. So that, uh, and you hear it like in relationships or families, it's like, it, you know, it's just never enough for you, is it? You know, and that statement comes out because I'm, I'm doing these beautiful living these beautiful values, but it's because I got trained to live these beautiful values from the threat of being punished. If I don't, it feels like a sacrifice. And then anytime it's done from a, a place of sacrifice, it need, we need a reward for doing it <laughs> because it's a reward punishment system. And usually people are busy living their life and they're not rewarding us every time we are kind, every time we smile when we don't feel like smiling and kind when we don't feel like being kind and, <laughs> and so eventually we blow, we blow up and it's never enough for you is it yep it never is but wow Caroline oh man you said so many things I'll go back to my um, my first thought, which was just around like being a parent and the story that we're, I'm responsible for my child's and like, I'm seeing that that is probably one of the stressful, but also understandable thoughts. Like I'm responsible for them being fed or them, you know, developing social skills or whatever the different kind of responsibilities of parenthood are that mm -hmm. then, you know, as a child, they're, I guess this is kind of a comment and a question. I see how we are, um, we're conditioned out of trusting ourselves or, tr or knowing ourselves or knowing for ourselves what we need or what is true. Mm -hmm. Kind of because the parent is coming in and has their way and they're, they're trying to do the best they can to help meet the needs of the child. But ultimately, you know, the child has that truth within them. But what do we do? What does a parent do when, you know, that child is still young and doesn't have all the awarenesses or the yeah well to me the best thing the parent could do <laughs> and i'm not i'm no expert on parenting this uh, but as far as the inner inner life goes inner freedom the to me the best thing a parent could do is to is to be open to being completely embarrassed by their child mm. um but so so often we're we uh, we abandon our children because of the fear of what people are going to think of me as a parent. And so anytime I'm in that position where I'm fearful or, or I allow that fear to, to uh, be in charge of my actions, then uh, I'm, I'm going to abandon my child um, for an image so in, in essence, I'm communicating to the child that an image is more important than they are as a being. Mm. And I think that, I think that gets trans, I think that gets communicated where, you know, most children come out of childhood 
with, you know, I'm not enough or I'm a burden or there's something wrong with me or um, some such story. And so some of it comes, I think, from um, uh, parents not having done their own work and, and, and all of us are conditioned in a way where uh, our image to the world is more important than our own being, you know. And so the parents already living there, and there that becomes their legacy that they pass on to the to teach the children the image what the world thinks of me, what the world thinks of you is more important than you are. Mm. When the you know the parents communicating that they're already in that position where. What the world thinks of them as a parent is more important than their own being and also the child. So it's like we throw the child under the bus, but anytime we throw the child under the bus, we've already thrown ourselves under the bus. And then we think keeping the image in place will make up for having abandoned ourselves and abandoned our children. Um, but it's um, it basically it's we've we've all I I think for thousands of years we've lived in an internally violent world, and um, one aspect for me of this work is to liberate ourselves from the violence that we've been conditioned into, which has become internalized, which would be then the violence of our own mind, that our, that our own mind uh, is constantly threatening us. And um, to make us good slaves, you know, obedient, good slaves, all in the name of, you know, being a good human, good, decent human being and, and being happy and it doesn't work um, as evidenced by our planet um, in, in many ways. Uh, so anyway, recently for me, um, um, I've been loving pointing out to people, you know, just asking people as an exercise, like write down what are, what are, what are, what is your mind's favorite things to threaten you with? You know, oh, you're stupid. Oh, there's something wrong with you. Oh, you're, you're going to be homeless and alone. Uh, you're, you know, what does your mind use to threaten you to? be a good slave, to be obedient to the rules and not live the freedom that you are, and the freedom to discern for yourself what's true. That's something. another thing I love about the work, just the, is it true, just the questions like, uh, without realizing it, uh, people are being liberated just by the fact that there, someone is finally asking them, "Is it true?" <laughs> um, you know, instead of just imposing through threat of punishment what's true and what's not 
true, what's real, what's not real. It's finally, finally, you know, I, seems like I've even heard Katie say, well, have you asked you? Um, um, and, and just the, just the, just the act of beginning to ask ourselves if something's true is, is un, undoing that, that blind obedience to this right, wrong punishment reward system that we have been using as a humanity for thousands of years, it seems. So that, and, yeah. What, what does your mind threaten you with? And then when you find what the, the favorite things it threatens you with to be a fearful, obedient human being, <laughs> to be you know, a good little slave, um, um, as you become aware, oh, that's my mind threatening me. Uh, you know, you can do the number sixes in the work. I'm willing, I look forward to whatever the mind's showing you. Or for me, I've been, the language that has been working for me in recent years is, I'm open. Whenever the mind threatens me with something anymore, I'm just like, yeah, okay, I'm open to that. And the moment I'm genuinely open, the threat falls away. And I'm back in the reality of the moment in which whatever the mind's been threatening me with is not happening. <laughs> you know, usually I'm just sitting in my room or lying in bed in the middle of the night or, uh, you know, but usually I'm in a very good situation <laughs> and the mind throws up some image of something terrible happening. And, and it's like, yeah, I'm open to that. And, the moment I'm open, the, the threat, the mind's ability to threaten us, it loses all that power, it loses its power. So it's taking power back from the mind, ultimately. I'm open. So uh, just in along that line, those, those lines, um, everybody find one thing that your mind likes to threaten you with. Everyone got got one one thing, yeah. And um, anyone want to go first? Share. Have everyone share their one thing. Makes me think of the what is it? The sound of music. These are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> That the mind uses to threaten me. <laughs> I can start. One of my mind's favorites is that I'm going to get kicked out. Yeah, you're going to be kicked out. I'm kicked out. Yeah, to me that that's the ultimate threat. Mm -hmm. uh, support, kick, kicked out of love, kicked out of support. But I remember doing the work, and I. One of my core stories was um, I'm not good, 
some something wrong with me kind of combined with I'm not good. Something wrong with me, not good. And I'd worked on that and had gotten some amount of freedom. And then I remember, I, th- I probably even thought I was completely free of that story. And then it came back one time and then something wrong with you, Tom. You're not good. Might have even slipped into your bad. And then all of a sudden it was like, so what? Came came up. So what? So you're bad. You're not good. Like, uh, but in that moment, I had realized that that love doesn't kick anything out. Nothing, nothing can, nothing can or will be kicked out in that moment. So in that moment, instead of questioning, I'm bad, something wrong with me, I'm not good. It just was like, Oh, so it doesn't matter. So you're bad. So like, what's for lunch? Like, so what are we going to do with the rest of the day? And, um, but internally it was a, it was an experience of love and how love, Love has no conditions and doesn't care how bad I am. It's like, oh, yeah. what do you want for lunch? It's like, yeah, you screwed up there. And what do you want to do with the rest of the day? Oh, really? I'm not. There's no threat of being kicked out? Nope. None, none at all. Wow. So anyway, yours was, again, what was yours? You'll be kicked out. Kicked out of love, yeah. And Dory, do you have one? Yeah, mine might be similar. Mine is, you're going to be punished. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so I found kicked out of love. What did I find in condemnation? I remember for a while there I had, like, I noticed kind of like five qualities of this threat. But kicked out of love. Uh Deprived of anything good, uh, you have to live in a kind of an ugly, cold place. There's no warmth, and there's like a loudspeaker running all the time. You suck. You suck. You suck. You're terrible. You're terrible. You're terrible. <laughs> and it's like that. That was like the world of condemnation. I remember. <laughs> Yeah, that, that resonates. I think the second one you said is very, so I, I wrote down, you're going to be punished. And that ultimately means that you don't deserve like anything good. Love. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Nothing good for you. Nothing good for you. <laughs> Remember a far side, uh, far side comic where two guys are talking in, in, uh, in hell. Uh, and I had little demons and fire going, so you knew they were in hell, and and they both have a co- they each have their coffee, and one guy's looking at his cup, and he's going, "Well, they thought of everything here, even the coffee's cold." No, nothing good, nothing good for you. And Freya, what 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 do you notice? Your mind threatens you. 
It's a little long because it's what's been up for me recently is um, it's my, my mind threatens a lot around losing a chance to show the people that I'm close to that I love them. Like I'm, I'm doing life wrong and I'm going to miss out on the important things. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the, one of your mind's favorite ways to get you scared. Yeah. Miss out on the important things. Okay. So now through memory, um, go back to one of those moments where the mind, the mind was presenting this imagination and imagine the moment the mind shows you this, your response is, ah, I'm open. I'm, I'm open to missing out and blowing it with everything that's important. I'm open. I don't feel it. I mean, I can play, I could play that movie as if it's Freya, um, watch, I'm watching Freya being open to it, but I feel the panic God, right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So now notice how it's just the mind right now. Like look around you, you're sitting in this room that you're in. Yeah. In Hawaii. Yeah. That's reality. And then the mind is showing you this missing out on what's important. So now all you're actually being open to is the mind telling you this. Mm. 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 Right. That's, yeah, I like that. It reminds me, because I've been taking care of a lot of kids recently, and I'm open to hearing anything they say and where their mind goes. And so if I put that innocence towards my mind, then I can do that. I can be open to that. Yeah, I'm open. And the, so now, do you like the mind having the power to threaten you at, at, at the drop of a hat? Do you like giving the mind all that power to scare you, threaten you? No, I mean, not when I'm believing it, no. Anytime. Do you like giving the mind that power to scare you, the power to scare you, to threaten you? No, I don't like giving it the power of that, no. Okay. So now, look at it, doing its favorite thing. Freya, miss out on what's important. Yeah, the people that are important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're going to miss out on the people that are important. You're going to totally blow it with the people yeah. that are important. So now, you're, you are the one that has given the power to threaten you to the mind. The mind doesn't have that power on its own. You have given it that power to scare you into being 
a good little slave. In other words, to scare you into not allowing yourself to, to be free, to live your life however you want to live it. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that entirely. And I actually like even set things up in ways to try to make sure I stay on track, you know, like externally to remind me to stay in my, stay on track. So, say a little that? more. What do you mean? Like, um, where, where it happened in my life where I really felt burned and like, oh, I really screwed this up and I missed the people that were important. And then I, I, you know, would keep certain things of theirs to show me, you know, not to do that again. And I keep that around, like I kept that around me. Oh, yeah. So you put idols. You, you, yeah. you created idols to this mistake. Yeah. 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 Remind me yeah, that I can't, be... I'm not, if, if I feel the inclination to just do whatever with my day, then there's the reminder of no, no, no. <laughs> you, you're going to miss yeah. what's important. You're going to miss the people that are important. And yeah. if you miss the people that are important, what then what's going to happen? They're, um, they're going to feel left by me and alone. And, um, I won't, they won't feel, they won't, they won't really know the totality of the love that I feel for them. I want to make sure that that's conveyed. Uh -huh. and, and if that's not conveyed, they'll feel left, abandoned, and alone. Mm -hmm. so, am I hearing that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and so is that one of the things your mind ter terrorizes you with, being abandoned and alone? That happening to me, you mean? Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure because I've always gotten a very proud sense of independence, so it might be underneath all that. Okay, so it's not not something the mind threatens you with. No, no, not that. Not that I'm consciously aware of. Okay. So, but it threatens you with the picture of other people feeling that way. Yeah. But it's not something you personally fear, being abandoned and alone. Right. That you're not aware that. of. I'm sure it's under there in some degree, but not that I'm aware of as much. Yeah, okay. And then why is it important that others have an image of you being loving? Uh, an experience of you being loving? Um, what do you want them to know that you love them for? Like imagine everyone that you want to know you love them knows it. What do you want that for? Oh, God, that would be so nice. Um, I want it so that, because the, the threats I see after that is 
is I have all these plays of these certain people that I'm really close to and, and them reaching out for me or like right now, this is oh, where let's skip all that. Let's go right to, they feel, they really feel and know experientially that you love them. Like you have, you have successfully communicated. However, that, however that is, you don't need the details. But you have successfully communicated in a way where they feel it. They know it. You love them. And what would that allow? What do you want that for? <laughs> when I see, it's funny because I thought, I thought I'd right away project again onto them. But when I imagine that, I just feel this, this huge relief. And that I could do whatever I want after that, like that I'm free. Then I could relax and be free, as in I could relax and and just do what I happen to enjoy. Follow my interests, follow my loves, follow what I enjoy. I could relax Mm -hmm. and fear, you know, free of fear and free of guilt. Um, do what I love. Yeah. yeah. It's so good to be become consciously aware of what, what, why is that so important? Oh, that would allow, you know, first a tremendous sense of relief, you know, and to me that's like, I have not let anyone down. Oh my God. I've been so terrified of letting people down and, your sounds like your main image of letting people down is living in a way where they don't feel or know that you love them. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that they're that they'll be alone and not feeling that from anyone. And if I yeah. feel it for them so much, yeah. Yeah, they'll be alone and feel unloved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, they know that you love them. Great sense of relief, which is usually okay. I haven't let anyone down. Now, I haven't let anyone down. Now I'm finally allowed to live. <laughs> my own I just life. Putting herbs and water and I just in my kitchen and being alone. Yeah. yeah. Playing with the plants, just following, following your interest. Yeah. Yeah. So now look at how long the mind has been threatening you with this letting people down. Yeah, it's a long Living in a way that does not communicate effectively that you love these people. So now, are you getting tired of allowing the mind to threaten you like this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so now, one more time, just tr- try it on. I'm, I'm open. I'm open to living in a way in which people don't 
realize I love them. Not because I want people to, to not realize I love them, but because I'm tired of being threatened by this possibility. I'm open. Mm. And what would it be like if you were genuinely open, just sitting here now, completely open to people not knowing or realizing or feeling that you love them? Mm. Who would you be? My neck. My neck released. I could add all this tension in my neck and my jaw and all that released. I could breathe. Um, it just, it feels really kind to me. My, um, can I bring up something that's going on right now that mm -hmm. it brought it to light? Um, so I have a very exciting person in my life who I've been falling in love with and having a blast. Um, and he's on vacation for the next three weeks. And I noticed I kept, I started getting just so overwhelmed with all the things that I wanted to do in like right now in my life, but then now he's on vacation and this is precious and we didn't, you know, and so once I wrote my worksheet out because it was just, I couldn't believe how much stress I started to feel. I haven't been feeling that way so much, you know, just so overwhelmed. And when he would bring up like, Oh, what do you want to do tomorrow? It was like, it was like a hot button. Um, mm -hmm. And um, oh, so on vacation, as in, he didn't leave, he didn't go somewhere. He's he just he's spends all three weeks where every day is open. Well, we originally were going to go to California, so we originally had a plan, and we were going to do right, a vacation. Right together. now, it's right. all his days are open. All the all the days are open, and I feel like we have so much we need to do in these days, and I really. If I, but this whole week I haven't seen, so he's been off four, he's going to have four weeks this whole week. All of a sudden I picked up a lot of work and I'm doing all these other things and my life's kind of giving me a lot in these other areas. Mm -hmm. And, and I haven't seen him for the first week at all. And so now I'm starting, he's like, I, he said something of, Oh, I'm going to this event and, and we were planning to go to the event together, but he doesn't even include me in the sentence because he knows that I have so much going on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to. So he said, what? I'm going to this event. Have a great I'm day. going. Yeah. I said, I said, well, what's your plans for the weekend? I want to like, if you have plans, I'll put my plans in. During wanna, those yeah. I want to stress myself out with how everything <laughs> that you're doing and I won't be, that I won't be able to participate in. <laughs> No, 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 not that. So, so that my, I would have the same open times as him and I would make my busy times. So I would show him that he's important. Oh, and, good, good. Yeah. So yeah. you need to show him that he's important. You need to prove that he's important. You need to prove to him that you love him. So how do you react? What happens when you believe this? You need to show or prove 
that he's important or that you love him. How does that affect you? <laughs> it's been, uh, I've been a, I feel like a basket case. I'm getting so overwhelmed and scattered. Yeah. And this is, you know, we started today's recording with parents, and this is an amazing thought for parents as well. I need to show them, show them they're important. I need to prove to them I love them. This would drive, this I think drives every parent crazy. <laughs> but relationship as well. It's a, it's a, it's a surefire burnout for relationships. I need to prove or show. You know, but notice how when you're believing this, is he this really uplifting, wonderful presence in your in your world when you're believing you need to show him that he's important? Mm -mm. No, it's like, oh my God, another text from him. <laughs> another text that shows he's probably disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's pointing out how I'm failing at proving how important he is. But it's uh, to me, it's just so good to notice, like with my children, I undid a lot of thoughts just by noticing how, how I experienced them when I was believing it. It's like, oh my God, I experienced them like a burden, like they're pressure, it's a weight, I, complete opposite of how I want to experience them as a gift, as a blessing. And for me, I noticed with my children, that was enough to go, not interested in this story of proving that I love them, proving that they're important. So one more time, just feel the belief, but especially how it affects the way you experience him. Every time you believe, you have to show him or demonstrate how important he is. Or that you love him. Yeah, it just... How I experience him is, is similar to what we were working earlier in the other images of people I see. And um, I feel a tremendous guilt. Like I see, yeah. Yeah, it's, tremendous yeah. guilt for living our life. Yeah, I'm not organizing it correctly. I'm, yeah. yeah, that's... That's what the story does. So, can you find one peaceful, life-enhancing, enlight enlightening reasons to hold on to this belief that you have to prove to him that he's important? You have to show him that he's important. Right away, my mind wants to say um, it's a. It would be a good thing to show him that you know, like this is a good. But I know that when I actually am believing it, I don't convey. Mm -mm. Oh, you you actually convey you're you're a burden. Yes. You're a pain in the ass. <laughs> you're a str You are a source of stress in my life. And oh, I, I love you, but you know so that's how important you are. I'm so stressed out. 
<laughs> and can you help me with that? That's what I'm going to ask you. I want you to know like, I am majorly stressed out that I'm not available to hang out with you. That's how important, <laughs> that's how important you are. Yeah, well, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're free to hold on to this story. You're free to use it if you think it's going to help. That you need to show or demonstrate that he's important. But just as an experiment, just as an exploration, allow yourself to be free of this story that you ever, ever, ever in any way have to show him that he's important. Who would you be? What, what would your presence be like without this story? Right away, I just feel a lot of ease. I, I see myself moving so much slower. I always feel like I move too slow and I need to hurry and do all the things so I can do the important things. And without without that, I just see me and I feel right now just ease and allow, allowing Okay, and now just consider the opposite. I don't I don't need to show him that is important. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And imagine living this. Living as if it was the truth. Okay. You know, almost like an experiment. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to try it on, try living it. I, I, don't, I don't need to show him that he's important to me. How might it be to live it or to live as if it's the truth? <clears throat> Getting threats again. Um, how might it be? Mm. Yeah, so, so as best you can, just imagine living it, living as if it's true. I, I don't need to, don't need to show him that he's important to me. Yeah, I know. Because I know that when I'm when I'm there with him, or with anybody, it seems, but I'll stay with him. That I'm really when I'm feeling all of that. That that's being conveyed in some way. So I, there's no proving that needs to happen. That that's the the richest the richest um, way to have it for them to receive it is just when I'm actually feeling it and not worried about the future or worried about if something happened to them or 
and they didn't know that. And yeah. Okay, and just just because of the time thing, let's try on. So I need to sh I need to show him that he's important to me. I need him to show me that I'm important to him. I need him to show me that I'm important to him. Do you need Do you need him to show that to you? I feel like he does it so well, and that's where I compare myself a bit. So that I'm I'm not ranking up. Knows mm. that too, in that dynamic. Mm -hmm. No, I don't need him to show me anymore because then I'll suck worse. <laughs> <laughs> suck, I suck, I suck. Like, do you need him to prove that you're important to him? Do you need him to prove that you're important mm -hmm. to him? Okay, I can see where that is. Yeah, there's something that, um, yeah, there's been something that we've been working through that ultimately that's what it is underneath it all. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so then that, that could be another one to question you know sometimes the turnarounds will get us in touch with um, a position a position that we're holding that's painful or stressful yeah yeah that one's been really stressful painful yeah then you know it's it's in any relationship parent child friend to friend partner, you know, romantic partner. For both people to be living that with, I need to prove to the other that I love them. It's, you know, and you can, you can tell just from this, our short time here, like how confusing, how convoluted, how second guessing, how la lack of freedom to be ourselves, like, so, oh yeah, I can see why you get a lot of tension going <laughs> in these relationships. I think I think I need them to prove to me that they love me or that I'm important. I think I need to prove to them that they love that I love them, that they're important. And then you know we start living uh, like a contortionist kind of life. Yeah. So thanks for, for Thank you. Yeah. Well, Dory or Caroline, do you guys have anything that you wanted to share that you noticed before we leave? Yeah, Caroline. I just noticed that um with the turnaround, like I don't need to, that it was like I would let myself show up in the way that like like it, it was like, I'm just going to do what I can. And then I could feel like, and I'm freeing them to leave me or to be like, 
if that's not enough for them or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like I could feel how, if it's like, I'm, if I feel like I need to prove it all the time, that's kind of my way of showing them, like, of not letting them leave me. I'm like, yes. no, but I'm really trying, you know, I'm, I'm so stressed yeah. about how I'm not. So this idea of like, yeah, mm. I'm just going to show up as best as I can and then give you the freedom to like, see yep. who I, you know, this yep. is, I'm going to feel the way I feel. And yeah, just be honest, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Or natural. Natural. Yeah. And, and if that's enough, they'll stay. And if it's not enough, They'll either say something or right. leave. Yeah. Yeah. And you can feel how that freedom and, and love go together. Yeah. And Dory, were you? Yeah. Would you be open to my reading a few passages from the book that you brought up, Summerhill, around yes. approach to child rearing? Let's hear. Let's hear some yeah. of the wisdom. So you probably author. The author is A.S. Neal, and the title is Summerhill, A Radical Approach to Child Rearing. And this is a book that Tom put on my radar actually many years ago when we first met, and I'm just getting around to reading it now. Um, and I think I just want to read a few paragraphs. I think they're relevant to what, we'd be, what we've been talking about. Um, we must allow the child to be selfish, ungiving, free to follow his own childish interests throughout his childhood. When the child's individual interests and his social interests clash, the individual interest should be allowed precedence. The whole idea of Summerhill is release, allowing a child to live out his natural interests. A school should make a child's life a game. I do not mean that the child should have a path of roses. Making it all easy for the child is fatal to the child's character. But life itself presents so many difficulties that the artificially made difficulties which we present to children are unnecessary. I believe that to impose anything by authority is wrong. The child should not do anything until he comes to the opinion, his own opinion, that it should be done. The curse of humanity is the external compulsion, whether it comes from the Pope or the state or the teacher or the parent. It is fascism in toto. Most people demand a God. How can it be otherwise when the home is ruled by tin gods of both sexes, gods who demand perfect truth and moral behavior? Freedom means doing what you like, so long as you don't interfere with the freedom of others. The result is self-discipline. In our educational policy as a nation, we refuse to let live. We persuade through fear. But there is a great difference between compelling a child to cease throwing stones and compelling him to learn Latin. Throwing stones involves others, but learning Latin involves only the boy. The community has the right to restrain restrain the antisocial boy because he is interfering with the rights of others. But the community has no right to compel a a boy to learn Latin, for learning Latin is a matter for the individual. And then a few pages later, the long and the short of it is that you must approve your child as he is and refrain from trying to make him in your own image. Mm -hmm. My motto for the home in education as in life is this, for heaven's sake, let people live their own lives. (laughs) That's what love does. Mm. That's reality. (laughs) Everyone's allowed to live their own life. And it communicates love and trust. 
complete, unconditional love, unconditional trust. That's what reality is communicating to us all the time. Mm. Allowed to do it however you want to do it. Mm. Free. <laughs> Thank you, Dory, Caroline, and Freya. Thank, thank you so much. Gathering. So, for a little something different, Love is the Power podcast lovers, I wanted to mention my friend Dory and her partner Arthur make the most amazing chocolate truffles. And if you're a chocolate lover, it's a must that you, you give these a try. So if you go to childishchocolates.com, you can order a box. So I've had them. They are amazing. And I know Dory and Arthur personally, and so I can verify personally that they're made with love. And it comes through in the flavor. So support our friend Dory and Arthur in their new venture with Childish Chocolates. And yourself with a wonderful experience. And every wonderful experience is an investment, not an expense. So invest in your own beautiful experiencing. <laughs> That's childishchocolates.com. Life is lived in lessons, each lesson's got its theme. They keep circling back for you until you start to see where you forgot you were connected with everything. It's okay, we all do it too, it just takes remembering. It's okay, we all do it too, it just takes remembering That love is what we're all here for It's the only score we're keeping, so settle yours Love is what we're all here for It's the only score we're keeping, so settle yours you can do all of the things you can play all of the parts you can make a mess of everything or score off all the charts but when you reach the end and you think that you have died you satisfied the views and opinions expressed on the tom podcast are those of the individual speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of byron katie nor the intent of her self-inquiry method known as the work 
For more information on Byron Katie, please visit thework.com. If you wish to learn more about Tom, a certified facilitator of the work, and the podcast's eponym, please visit theworkwithtom.com.